We have officially entered Super Bowl week. A little bittersweet because this is our last meaningful game coming up. But we do hope that this will this season will go out with a bang. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros and Justin Tucker as always. So as I said, this is the last game coming up. It's a little sad. We're going to get into our offseason coverage pretty soon, actually. And we do have a lot to talk about, though. So we're going to hit on the Chiefs and their injuries going into the Super Bowl. We're going to take a look back at Jalen Hurts' career, which really has turned into a roller coaster. Uh, And we're going to talk about some potential X factors going into Super Bowl 57. But first, we need to touch on the most recent material, which is the Pro Bowl. So the first ever Pro Bowl flag football game happened this past weekend with the NFC beating the AFC 35 to 33. But across ABC, ESPN, Disney XD, The event was down 5% in ratings and 6% in viewership from last year's traditional Pro Bowl. Keep in mind, they took away the Pro Bowl. We we covered this during the offseason when this first happened. They took away the Pro Bowl and replaced it with something new in, in hopes to make it better. Viewership and ratings says otherwise. So, guys, do we keep going down this road or do we need to switch it up again? Man, I have no idea, to be honest. I, I miss the old days of the Pro Bowl when the best athletes and the best players in, in the NFL used to go up there and have fun and still play football like it was meaningful to something. I remember the pride of the Pro Bowl. I remember the 07 Pro Bowl and how memorable that was. And, oh, man, I just miss the old days. Nowadays, I don't even know how to feel about the Pro Bowl. I think nowadays – players smartly don't want to play in it because they don't want to get injured and cost themselves millions. So therefore there's a lack of effort in it. And to be honest, I didn't like this. I thought it was an okay format, but as far as like the pro bowl game, I didn't like it. I just, I didn't even, the first time in a long time, I didn't even watch the pro bowl. I just avoided it altogether. I went, I went to do something else. Cause I'm like, Oh, this pro bowl sucks. Even though my quarterback showed up, Tyler Huntley, way to go. <laughs> but overall, uh, I do think they need to either revert it back or try to shake it up again to make it more interesting. But at least they did something. I will give the NFL credit for that. Yeah, man. The nom- the nomination part of it is has been one of the lone bright spots of the Pro Bowl. But I got to say, man, the fact that they put in Tyler Huntley – that's an insult to everyone else who's in the Pro Bowl. All right, CJ. No. Well, you you want you want to answer that? You yes. So? Everyone else got hurt. Everyone else got hurt. Josh Allen was hurt. Joe Burrow was hurt. Uh, Mahomes went to the Super Bowl. Herbert was Where's hurt. Herbert. Herbert's hurt. Yes. And so oh. once Lamar went down, they said, "Tyler, you want to go?" And he said, "Yes." He was the only other option. Anybody else? Give me anyone else. It's just so. Oh, what do you want him to do? It was Huntley, Lawrence, and Derek Carr. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. 
That's really bad. The AFC standards, yes, that is a bad combination of quarterbacks. But Trevor Lawrence didn't do so bad. In his Lawrence, career. Lawrence is fine. Lawrence is fine. Carr, yeah. I guess, is all right. But Huntley, oh man, you you can't let that man in. You can't. You like who else would you let in over him? Everybody else has inferior stats. We'll we'll sit down and we'll think about that another time. But I do want to touch on the the topic at hand. So CJ, you go. One time, I saw a dumpster fire, and then one time I saw the Pro Bowl, and the <laughs> Pro Bowl was an even bigger disaster. Now, I come here today with a radical and perhaps upsetting statement. The Pro Bowl is pointless and either needs to have even an even bigger overhaul or just be abolished outright. Because it's becoming abundantly clear the players do not care. They put in no effort and there's no pride to be in the Pro Bowl anymore. Then there's just the way they did it. I mean, it was always a flag football game, but now especially. like it, 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 They literally actually made it a flag football game, which somehow made it worse. I didn't even think these changes were that bad, but good Lord, the NFL bungled it. I don't even know how you manage that. And look, I am just going to list some rapid-fire ideas on how we fix it. First, mm-hmm. the week after the Super Bowl. All right? I'm sorry. I mean... It's not bad. I, I do. I do think that. Next. Here's an idea. Move it out of the U.S. Because I guarantee you, more players would want to go and showcase their skills in front of a fresh foreign audience. You're expanding to, like, Mexico City and Germany and the U.K. Have a Pro Bowl there. There's all kinds of social media ops for you, NFL. Take this one. It's on me. I just, in return, I just want a stadium named after me. That's neither here nor there. No, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. But, no, but seriously, I think you move it to the week after the Super Bowl so that, you know, players that were in the Super Bowl who usually wouldn't play because they were in the Pro Bowl. I mean, you know, players, you, you know what I mean. Because they were in the Super Bowl because, or they, they weren't yeah. healthy. Yeah, or they weren't healthy or they were in the Super Bowl. Then you, then you move it past the Super Bowl. So those players can play, and I guarantee you they would try in front of a foreign audience. Also, the players themselves get to travel and sightsee. It's literally a win-win for everyone. Like I said, those are like just two surface-level ideas on how to fix it. I could go more, but NFL, please. I just think it's a good idea. Okay, so I am one to defend the Pro Bowl. Not for what it is now, but for what <coughs> I want it to become. Because, because as somebody who is also a baseball fan, growing up watching the the uh, MLB All-Star game um, and those activities, even the NBA, not the All-Star game, but some of the other stuff that goes on, the activities, the dunk contests, those are all fun. That's all fun stuff to watch. And I kind of want something – where you bring together all of the all of that season's best from the that NFL season and you do something fun and it doesn't even have to be a game i think there's one, there's one of two solutions that they need to do number 1 you do all of these events 
you know, all these sort of little small abilities competitions or skills competitions. That's what, that's the way we'll put it. Skills competitions. And you make it as the Olympics or something like that and organize it by each team and they're all stars. That would be really fun. Something like that. Another thing you could do is instead of having it be the pro bowl, be one game. I agree. Maybe flag football. That's fine because you don't, the players don't want to get hurt, but you have it be a tournament, a five-on-five <laughs> tournament, and you have a certain number of teams, and you have team captains, and you pick the teams. Something like that. And I think that'll give a little bit more of a competitive edge to, the, to that event, and it'll also be something that's entertaining for the fans to watch because they'd say, oh, I love that player. Let's see how his team does. And you do a little tournament with it. You have a little trophy or something. Those are so those are just two those are just two examples of what they could do. And honestly, I think those are the best things that they could do. Because I mean, it it's it has to be something that the players care about and the fans will engage in, or else there's no point in doing it. Like, what the hell are we doing here? Right? No one will want to do it if if it's not an engaging thing to do. So something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I am one to defend, like I, we can't abolish this entirely. You can't be, you can't supplant baseball as America's pastime and not have an all-star game. you you have to figure it out somehow. And I think that's the way you do it. Do either a five on five flag football tournament, or you do an Olympics. One of those two. That's all. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. I kind of like that idea. I mean, Adam, I do think you and I could probably merge our ideas, if I'm being honest. And do it after the Super Bowl, too. Do Yeah, and do it after the Super Bowl in a foreign country, but do all the games you suggested. That's I really believe that would be how you fix it, if you just combine our ideas. Yeah, I mean, we don't have to do either or. And we could also, yep. like, why why not do also an Olympics and a five-on-five tournament? Exactly. Like, those throw, do you, have you seen some of the ideas that they used to have for the Pro Bowl competitions? Those were fun to watch, like kick-tack-toe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, or what about when they just used to put the nose of the football in chalk and they just have the strongest arms in the league just bomb it down the field? Literally just oh. so you could throw it the furthest. That was fun. Big old javelin competition. That mm-hmm. would be what where is the creativity here for the NFL? We're like we're all sitting here making great ideas and they're just not doing that. They are the Tobies of the NFL in office terms. All right. So I want to switch gears and get into our Super Bowl coverage. So the Chiefs going into this Super Bowl, they they already had their quarterback, uh uh, high ankle sprain, Patrick Mahomes, but their wide receiver core is getting a little troublesome with their injuries. Already one of them has been ruled out. And we're going to talk about how much that's going to affect the Chiefs in this game and if it will in- affect the outcome. That's next. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. Gentlemen, broken up, and the pass is no 
This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, Justin Tucker. So going into this season, so right off the bat, over this past offseason, the Chiefs were forced to trade away uh, quarterback Tyreek Hill. He didn't want to be there anymore. He wanted to be paid, and they couldn't pay him. And you, and a lot of people thought that they would regress as a team. Turns out that wasn't the case. They stayed the same. They brought in some. They brought in some players who stepped up, but they're kind of getting hit by the injury bug at that position. So, wide receiver Nicole Hardman was already ruled out in this game. Wide receivers Juju Smith-Schuster and Kadarius Tony haven't practiced yet. Although, although there is optimism, and Kadarius Tony also straight up said that he believes he is going to play. So there's optimism there. But even if he does, even if they do play, especially with the injury history with Kadarius Tony and Juju Smith Schuster, he has some injury issues as well. Even if they those two play, who knows how much of an impact they'll they'll make and if they will be able to stay in the game. And we already know that we have Patrick Mahomes who's uh, nursing a high, high ankle sprain right now. So, guys, how do the Chiefs overcome these injuries? CJ. Oh, I thank you, Justin. You're very generous. Mm-hmm. So, I'll tell you how the Chiefs overcome these injuries. And it's going to be a tall order, but here's a revolutionary concept. Run the ball. And I know Philly's got a good run defense, but that's what they're counting on. A lot of the football with defensive scheming is fear. They're going to force you to pass, which is why you have to get up, stand up to them, spit in their face and say, you know what? Screw you. I'm going to run it regardless. Different formations. Use an eye, a shotgun, two backs to the backfield. You know, screens, do something. You have Jarek McKinnon, who's been woefully underrated and who's actually a great spark for your offense, and you're getting Clyde Edwards-Alaire back off IR. No one's seen him for a bit, and he's probably itching to get back in there and proving his worth. And on top of that, you've got rookie sensation Isaiah Pacheco. And they can, and they're all adept at catching passes out of the backfield. They're all fast. And they're all decent. So my point is, you basically have a three-headed monster. That is how you uh, you overcome your injuries to your wide receiver core. Because you know Travis Kelsey is probably going to be double the entire game, which is why the running game is going to be your friend, especially if Mahomes' high ankle sprain gets worse and if people like MVS or Juju can't play. All right, talk. Oh, man. I sort of agree and I sort of disagree with CJ. I understand that he wants to get the running game involved, and that is a good idea, but I don't trust that O-line of the Chiefs to keep Patrick Mahomes, uh, to keep uh, the running backs safe and sound to get at least like five yards per carry. I just don't trust them. Against that Eagles run and against that defense, I don't trust them. However, if they can somehow operate and get the passing yards instead of the rushing yards through the running backs, that's where I think it will get interesting. If Baccaro can somehow catch the ball out of the backfield and gain the yardage himself instead of trying to go through the hole where there's nothing there, I believe that there is a way for them to be able to keep the offensive on offense on schedule and not take horrendous like losses or sacks or whatever. 
get the ball, get the ball out quick. Don't take any sacks because I don't think they can overcome it if all their receivers are hurt. And keep keep in front of the chains. If the Chiefs can do that, and with and I believe they can because they have a play caller like Andy Reid and a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, I believe that they can keep ahead of the chains and still keep this game interesting. If they rely too much on the run, I don't see them winning this game. I just don't trust that running attack. Me personally, even though I like what Polcaro is doing, but Overall, if they can somehow work the the short passing game, I think they have a real chance at winning this. Yeah, so I don't uh, going up against this Eagles defensive line. They're going to get off. They're going to get after the quarterback, and they're going to come after him often, early and often. Um, so <laughs> the way they're going to what after him early and often, come after him early and often. I said get after him. Sorry. Continue. Continue. Come on. All right. So you, so what you have to do is kind of go with a West Coast style offense, kind of to replace that running game. You go with throwing short passes because you, you, for a couple of reasons, that pass rush is really good. So you're not, naturally, even with a healthy Patrick Mahomes, you're not going to have a lot of time. On top of that, Patrick Mahomes isn't healthy. He was hobbled the entire game against the, against the Bengals, and they were still able to win in, in spite of all of that. Um, they may not be, the, be that as lucky this time around. So what you have to do, run, run a dink and dunk style offense. Throw short passes to Juju to Kadarius Tony, rely on run after the catch. And whenever there is a deep shot to Marcus Valdez Scantling or uh, uh, Travis Kelsey, then you take that shot. But you can't run that vertical style offense that uh, they like to do. You, they can't, they're not going to be able to do that, um, especially with the, with, with the state of this team. Um, but CJ mentioned Jarek McKinnon. I mean, that guy – you talk about a dark horse candidate to win Super Bowl MVP if the Chiefs do wind up winning that game. I mean, he has been a force for them who no one is talking about really. And he's and he's doing it in the passing game. That is perfect for this type this type of game. They're not going to have a lot of time to throw the ball, so you play that style where you're throwing it throwing the doing the screen plays where you're throwing it in the flats. Rely on that run after the catch, and it will help you. So they really need, they really need to do something like that um, because you, you don't have Tyreek Hill anymore, and your wide receiver core is very banged up. They have a lot of their players still playing, but who knows if they'll even be 100% or if they'll even uh, last the whole game, especially Kadarius Tony, That guy's body's made out of glass. But when he's playing and healthy – He's like a poor man's Debo Samuel, that guy. Holy crap, that guy. I mean, he needs to ah, uh, he needs to just stay healthy. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to to cover that because the Chiefs they have a really good team. And that's been one of the main issues this season is kind of staying healthy over there. Um, but they have they do have kind of that pick your poison offense for that wide receiver core. Um, but I do want to change topics here and move on to the Eagles, which we haven't really been able to cover so so much 
They don't have as many storylines as the Chiefs because they're just such a well-made team. And for the entirety of this season, they've been the team to beat. They've had the best record, and they've steamrolled through practically everybody, at least when they're fully healthy. Um, So we're going to get to that. And more specifically, Jalen Hurts and the career that he has had so far, because that is truly something to to look at here. So we're going to get to that and take a look back at his career just because it really is um, insane what this guy has gone through, and he's still in his uh, early 20s. That's next. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88, Secret Weapon Consulting, Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, Justin Tucker. All right, so Jalen Hurts has had quite the roller coaster of a career, and it has reached yet another crazy point. So we're just going to take a look back here. I, I'm going to – I jotted down some notes. So just looking at his college career. So four-star recruit go, uh, going into Alabama. Became a, the first true freshman to start uh, at quarterback for Bama in 32 years. His sophomore year benched for Tua in the national championship. The very next season during the, during the college football playoffs – He replaced an injured Tua in the SEC championship game, and then he led them to a victory. Mm. The very next season, he transferred to Oklahoma, had a career year in his uh, college career, 32-8 to touchdown interception ratio, 3,800 yards, and he wound up getting drafted by the Eagles uh, in the second round, 53rd overall in the 2020 NFL draft. When they already had Carson Wentz, mind you, a uh, top, what was it, top five pick in the NF in the 2016? Yes, 2016. I want to say 2016 NFL draft. Yep, and he wasn't just a top five pick. He was number two overall, Carson Wentz. Exactly. So this guy, and a lot of people still believed him in, in him at, at that point. And even Jalen Hurts recently has gone on record during uh, some press conferences saying he didn't feel that the Eagles even wanted him. They just drafted him because they felt he was the best player available and just kind of took him. So then he replaced Wentz at the end of the 2020 season. A lot of people, you guys already know, Wentz struggled towards the end of that season. Um, And then he started in 2021 and led the team to the playoffs with a 9-8 and record. He had okay stats. He had, what, 16 touchdowns to 9-8 interceptions? I don't have the stats in front of me. Um, fast forward to today, okay? 
14 and three record. That's good for best in the entire league. And he's a league. He's an MVP candidate. Also, the team is in the Super Bowl and is an early favorite to win the damn thing. So, guys, I mean, what do you make of the of this career for Jalen Hurts? I'll go first. Uh, honestly, a shocker. I can remember last year us thinking it might be a make or break year for. for uh, Jalen Hurts, considering what happened in the uh, playoffs, we were all thinking like he has to prove it this year. Otherwise, they'll look for a quarterback in the near future. And all of a sudden, he's turned it around. He's looked better from the pocket. He looks better as a runner. His all-around game has been better. And now he's in possible contention for league MVP. I don't think he'll win it, but he's he's a contender. And it's and he's led his team to the NFL best fourteen and three record, which included a stomping of the Giants, and a stomping of the 49ers. I mean, his resume right now has been pretty impressive. He's made the playoffs two of his three seasons as as an Eagle, has now won an NFC Championship game, and now is looking to add a Super Bowl to that resume. And he's a national champion and a two-time SEC champion. I mean, he has a complete football resume from college all the way up to the pros and even high school. And for him to be where he's at just shows the hard work and dedication he's put in towards the game. And it's impressive. Yeah. And mind you, he's 24. He's done all of this and he still has probably 10, 15 years left in the NFL. So unbelievable stuff. CJ. In a sick way, I hope the Eagles win the Super Bowl. And while they're celebrating, I want every Eagles fan to sit there and eat their words. All over the offseason, he's like, why are we giving him another chance? He's not the guy. We should go after a quarterback. Crickets now, I tell you. Crickets. And I'm sorry, Philly. Should he win the Super Bowl, you owe him an apology. And, I mean, like I said, I mean, they, they were just so much vitriol for him. I mean, there were some of us like us who said there was potential, but we all acknowledged it was a make-or-break year, Well, that, you know, because it was. Then there were people that outright said he can't be the guy. I'm sorry. Uh, please fill out your apology forms and have them on my desk by Monday if they win. I'm sorry. I mean, that's just how it is. I mean, I liked him. I, well, I thought he could be good, but I had no idea he'd be this good. He's He's earned everything, and I do believe that he is in line for an extension. And believe me, he is worth every penny. I think he's earned it this year, and I think Philly's got their franchise guy. No bones about it. This guy might be the most storied quarterback um, in the NFL playoffs this year. And uh, that even includes Brock Purdy, the Mr. Irrelevant quarterback. I mean, go back all the way to college. This guy has had to overcome a lot. He struggled in his first appearance in the in the college football playoffs. And uh, in the national championship game, he got benched. And his replacement led them to the prom- promised land. Then the very next season, he's able to come in and redeem himself. And then he re- and then the very next season, uh, when he transfers to Oklahoma, he had a career year, and teams mm-hmm. still overlooked him. He did not get drafted in the first round. 
He was drafted by the Eagles who settled on him. And he made his way up to replace the number two, the former number two overall pick and runner-up for league MVP in 2017. Carson Wentz supplanted him as the starting quarterback. The Eagles benched Carson Wentz and they traded him away because they said, okay, you know what? We might have something in this kid. And then he go and then he goes and he become works his way up to the runner-up for league MVP in 2023. Unbelievable stuff from Jalen Hurts. Talk about an underdog story, this guy. I get it. Brock Purdy had a had a it was a cool story. Last overall pick. He helped the team to a 13 and 4 record. All that's fine and good. But it doesn't compare to what Hurts did because Purdy just too too small a sample size. And I mean, Patrick Mahomes, come on. His second year in the league, he threw 50 touchdown passes. I mean, he, he's been one of the best from the start. So not, but he, he was taken 10th overall. And he did have, he was going to be a project, but he, he didn't even start the first year. So mm-hmm. looking at Jalen Hurts, I mean, it's a slam dunk. And in the same way that CJ is rooting for the Eagles in the Super Bowl, that's kind of going to be me. It's, it's like this guy, he deserves it. He really does deserve it. And then he could hold out, hold up a big old middle finger to all of those Eagles fans who are doubting him. And everyone, the Eagles, who actually gave up, who didn't think that he was all that, all that much, they settled on him because there was no one else on, in the other positions of need who, who was available at the time. So that, that was, it's all good stuff there. So... Props to Jalen Hurts on a great career so far. And he's only 24. Unbelievable. All right. So we're going to move on to our last segment of the show, which is the fan box. And we're going to continue with our Super Bowl coverage with that by asking our fans, we asked you guys, who is a potential X, a potential X factor in Super Bowl 57? You won't want to miss that. That's next this is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Here's Edelman broken up, and the pass is no sign yet. Edelman comes down with a football. They're saying it's a catch. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting, Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, Justin Tucker. All right, so we've reached the Fumble Rooski fan box where we post a question filter on our Instagram every Monday, and you can, res- you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more, and we will discuss it and give you a shout-out on our podcast. Respond to next week's fan box question to be featured on our show. All right, so the question of the week was, who is one potential X factor for Super Bowl 57? We got some good answers, starting with Isaac Sonana, who said Jalen Hurts for the Eagles and Kelsey for the Chiefs. Wouldn't do Jack without him. 
So I'm glad he said Kelsey for the Chiefs because if you said Kelsey for any other matchup, you'd be like, okay, yep, I got it. Travis Kelsey. You know, okay. Jason Kelsey, got it, got it, okay. But if you just say Kelsey, which is what Jimmy Watts said, our other responder uh, ju who just said Kelsey, dude, come on, man. you got to be more specific. That's a good one. Either or, he could be right. Either or. One said Travis, one said Jason. That's what I believe. Yeah. So Isaac Zonana, Jalen Hurts. I mean, we've already talked about Jalen Hurts. He's had, a, he's had quite the season. So, I mean, it all runs – like the, the roster around him is good. So, as we said during the uh, offseason about Jalen Hurts, it's put up or shut up. Everything else around you is working. You just got to do the do the job, do the work, and just do it one more time. So Jimmy Watts, he said Kelsey. We kind of already covered that. Um, Tyson Tate said Hassan Reddick easily. Oh, this good. This one in spe specifically, yes. If he plays like he did in the NFC Championship game, absolutely. Yeah, I mean. All of the pieces are in place for him to make that sort of impact because their quarterbacks hurt with a high ankle sprain. And he while he's been able to produce, he hasn't he he's still it's still affecting him to an extent. It's you can still clearly see that he's hobbled. He was limping around on the field during the AFC championship game. Granted, it's going to be two weeks, uh two weeks removed from from that one game. But it's still that's that's still pretty significant. A high ankle sprain doesn't go go away overnight, um, let alone two weeks. So, I mean that that's just perfect for Hassan Reddick, isn't it? Absolutely, fair enough. Uh, uh, Brogdon Hill said Harrison Butker. So if this comes down to a field goal wins it, just don't. If you're the announcers, don't put up the stats for uh, just don't put up the stats for his recent makes like, Oh, hasn't missed a, hasn't missed a kick since week eight this season. Yeah. Oh, I can boy, already hear just... Tony Romo saying it or whoever it's going to be. I don't think. Oh boy. You're just asking for a jinx there. I hate it when those happen, especially if you're the fan of the team that they're putting the stats on for like, like don't do that to me. Don't do that. Um, Ian Mulhern said, he just he just said defense. Yeah, I guess. I mean, defense does win championships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's going to be. I mean, yeah. A lot of people say, like defense, maybe kind of defense, but I would say balance wins championships because you don't see a team that's just built solely on defense who wins the Super Bowl. Defense and running the ball is one Adam Wright once said. Yep. It wins games, but it doesn't win you Super Bowls. It won Denver a Super Bowl. It won Denver a Super Bowl. Won New England a Super Bowl. Flash in the pan. Flash in the pan. Those days are over. So, yeah, I do agree, though. Listen, it's a it, it, those use those days used to happen, but we're at a we're at a day and age where it's balance. Balance wins championships. Um. All right, so. Eli Turner said Rick Lovato. So oh, the Eagles long the Eagles long snapper. Rick Lovato. He could cost them the game. He could. Rick Lovato. That, that, that could is be all. an ex 
I, it's, you can't see him being an X factor for the reason the Eagles win it, though. Mm -mm. I don't know, guys. Rick Lovato. Uh, That's all I'm going to say. Ooh. Maybe he makes a fumble recovery or he makes a hit that makes somebody fumble. You never know. I swear to God, if Rick Lovato does that, I'm going to DM this guy and be like, hey, hey, are you a wizard or something? All right. Nick Norman said, Jarek McKinnon, Eagles have a great pass rush, and uh, and Casey will counter with the screen game. Thank that's, you, that's Nick. So as, Thank you. He, he so, was correct. Yeah, so as we mentioned earlier, I mean, they're going to have to counter with that because, I mean, I, I like the Chiefs' offensive line. It's pretty good, but when you take that offensive line and put it against the best defensive line in all of football by, like, a mile – then you kind of have to counter with playing a little dink and dunk here. Using that screen game, throwing in the flats, that's going to that's gonna be what helps you win that game, not by just playing vertical like you used to uh, with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Um, Jad Noman said Patty or A.J. Brown. So naming the star players from each team. And A.J. Brown has been a big-time difference maker this year. For that Eagles, uh, for that Eagles offense, especially since they are kind of run first, it allows them to be less one-dimensional. Teams can't just plug up the run and just call it a day. They have to respect a player like AJ Brown on top of Devonte Smith and Dallas Goddard, which is which is huge. It, it helps them because they have then you know they have to respect both sides of that offense. Um, and then Patrick Mahomes, that speaks levels, um, not just positively for the Chiefs, but negatively as well. Because if they lose, it could be because of his injury, because he's not able to to run as much as he as he would like to, which is an X factor. That's that's by definition an X factor. Um, so we have Daniel Blaziak, who responded with three answers. His first one was Kelsey. Guys, they're doing on. it on purpose now. They're, they're, I know they're doing it on purpose. It's the Kelsey Bowl. The Kelsey Bowl, the Kelsey brothers. That is pretty wild, though, isn't it? Two brothers, you happen to make it to the NFL. You, be, you both become all pros. You make the Super Bowl. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. I mean, yeah, it's cool, but what about uh, two brothers that make the Super Bowl together on the same team and win i remember that happened once that was pretty impressive absolutely all right the other response was the refs which i guess yes yes that could be a thing i guess that could be a thing but i don't uh, correct me if i'm wrong i don't remember a call i don't remember the refs ever being Ooh, maybe i do super bowl 52 yeah yeah. Let it go. They were in the right. That was a touchdown. Both plays were a touchdown. Not a touchdown. No, it wasn't. The Clement was touchdown was not a touchdown. touchdown. He never had control. We'll never agree on this. Let's just move on. He never had it. He never had control. So yeah, you're right. You're right. It doesn't happen often though, which is which is a which is something that we can say is a good thing. It doesn't happen often where the refs get in the way of the Super Bowl. Um, you get for the Saints. Yeah, but that's that was. <laughs> 
That was the that was the uh, well, what's it? Uh, that was the title game, the NFC Championship. And I do see some some calls being questionable there in the title games, but Super Bowl that's been a bright spot. Officiating it's been for the most part pretty solid. Um, coin toss. Ugh, Daniel Blaziak also fans. said coin toss. <laughs> no Buffalo fans, am I right? It could be a factor, but I don't. I, I just listen. If your team has a good enough defense so that you can stop the team who wins the coin toss, then you shouldn't have anything to worry about. But when I hear players on offense saying they lost on a coin flip, you are basically saying, I don't believe in my defense. And mm-hmm. I think and I think you whoever is on defense, whoever hears that from an offensive player, from a Travis Kelsey of the world, on defense saying, dude. I hope he said, like, like, what the hell? <laughs> All right. Uh, Jack McNamara said Kadarius Tony, And as I said before, Kadarius, like, he is the type of player who could be a non-factor because of his injury history. Or he could be one of the most explosive players on the field. There really isn't any in-between. When that guy is healthy, he can play. He plays really well. As I said. A poor man's Debo Samuel. That is what I'll put it as. See, Tuck, you're shaking your head. I don't see a poor man's uh, Debo Samuel. I don't think Debo can move like Kadarius can move. Oh. So so you think Kadarius Tony's better? No, that's not what I'm saying. I think Debo's the better player, but I don't think they're comparable. Okay. They're just different. Um, All right. Uh, Tiny Tim Adventures. So he didn't have a he doesn't have a, a last name. Just Tiny Tim Adventures. Said Devin Allen. So we had to look this guy up. So he so he was an Olympic he was an Olympic finalist in 2016 and 2021. Um, which events was it for? Was it for hurdles? Hmm. Yes, it was. Um, for, yeah, for sure. so 110 meter hurdles in the 2016 Olympics in Rio de Janeiro and 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And he is also in the NFL, but he's there as a practice squad guy. Um, but he is still, there's a possibility he wins a Super Bowl. Not as much of a factor, but he gets a ring. And he's a finalist in the Olympics twice. That's kind of a rare feat, isn't it? Yeah. Now, he's probably not going to be an X Factor, but it's an honorable mention that this guy has a possibility. This is a nice, that's a nice storyline for this game and more reason to root for the Eagles. And I don't even hate, like, I don't hate the Chiefs. Just, I'm kind of rooting for Jalen Hurts. The more I. The more I sit in this matchup, the more like at first I want I wanted nothing to do with the Eagles winning this this game. The more I sit in this matchup, the more I think I kind of want the Eagles to win this. Mm-hmm. Yes, I want them to win this. Honestly, I don't hate either team. I mean, for the Chiefs, I like Mahomes. You know, I like uh, Kadarius Tony and among others, and Chris Jones. And for Philly, you know, I like Darius Slay. I like Jalen Hurts. I like AJ Brown. 
But good lord, I do not like either of their fan bases. Why? Why don't you like the Eagles fan base? I mean, they didn't. Be, I mean, it's not like they beat you on the Super Bowl or anything. Even before that, I've never liked their fan base. They have one of the most deranged and like violent fan bases. Like, if you go to like Lincoln Financial Field and opposing jersey colors, you're almost asking to get assaulted. Yeah, they they are not nice, especially the Cowboys. Exactly. Like, also, then there's the Chiefs, where most of their fan base is represented by Mahomes' awful brother and wife. Listen. Yeah, but you can't put that on the rest of the Chiefs fan base. You can't hold it. Against they allow them. it. You want them okay. to be done with stuff? Not while Mahomes is there. That's not going to happen. I don't think they do allow it. I don't. I can't name a person who likes Mahomes who really likes how how Mahomes' family represents uh, his family member in Patrick Fine. Mahomes. Very well, I'll allow it. I mean, like, I don't. I do you ever see anybody say like, "Oh, we 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 really like we really like Mahomes' brother Jackson Mahomes." That no. he, he's a good guy. He represents this fan base really well. I've never seen that before. No. All right, long story short, I don't want him or Brittany to be all on TikTok going, oh, my God, we're so good. Like, no, 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 Mahomes is good. You two are side characters. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. I want to end this show, and I want to end it by, listen, as much as we have been really – Pro Eagles today. Just a, another one more shout out. One more shout out for Patrick Mahomes, who's probably going to win league MVP and did it with his best wide receiver being Juju Smith Schuster. Good wide receiver in his own right, but he's no wide receiver one. And also Kadarius Tony and Tony, who's injured half the time. And also Marcus Valdez Scantling, who catches only half the balls that are thrown to him. If that like wow. That's unbelievable. And Nicole Hardman is is a pretty productive receiver in his own rights as well. And don't forget Travis Kelsey. We don't like Travis Kelsey, but he's a good player. Mm. But and just another shout-out to that guy. 41 touchdowns. That is with, – with that supporting cast, that is incredible. That is something to revel at. All right. So anything else before we end the show tonight? No, I'm good. I'm good. All right. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. We have new episodes out on Tuesdays and Fridays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you on, see you. For the Super Bowl, over and out.